Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there, everyone. Uh, we are the Rollers Guild, and we're here to play D&D. My name is Ben, and I will be the Dungeon Master for, at the very least, this first campaign of ours. And these are all my wonderful players. We have Matt, uh, Kira, Zuzu, Kelly, Eva, and Sam. You'll get to meet their, their characters very soon, but before we get going, I just want to quickly say thank you so much for watching. If you enjoy this, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. We will, be, we will be posting new episodes weekly, so if you want to see where this campaign goes, make sure to tune back in every week for the continuing adventures. Because we are a new channel, we would love it if you could share this video with anyone you think will like it, leave us a comment letting us know what you thought, and give us a like if you enjoyed the video. We are also going to be releasing this series as a podcast, so if you would rather listen to our adventures, maybe on your commute, uh, definitely check that out as well. Uh, links to our socials, the online tool sets we use, the podcast version, and anything else important are all down there in the description. But I think that's everything I have before we jump into our first campaign, The Gilded City. Let's go. The Sword Coast. This dynamic region of Faerun was once a land of high magic, home to ruins of ancient civilizations, and birthplace of countless adventurers. It was a land of swords and shields, bows and arrows, spells and enchantments. It was also a rugged land. Outside the walls of the few major cities were endless expanses of untamed wilderness, where dangerous creatures of all sorts could be encountered. But all that was hundreds of years ago. The Sword Coast as it exists now is very different from the land you might be familiar with, from Storm King's Thunder, Descent into Avernus, the Tyranny of Dragons, and many other adventures. Steam power, and more recently, electricity, have caused an, an industrial revolution to come to Faerun, and with it has come the march of progress. Cities like Neverwinter, Baldur's Gate, and Waterdeep have grown exponentially in the last few decades, as they have become the industrial centers of the world. 
People flock from all over the world to these cities for the chance at new opportunities and a new life. Meanwhile, to feed these growing population centers, new farmland had to be cleared, and the technological mar marvels of the age have allowed for these fields to be cleared more quickly and efficiently than ever before. Train lines now snake up and down the coast and to lo many locations inland, allowing goods and people to travel more quickly than ever before. This new technological boom has resulted in an entirely new type of world, a world its proponents say brings the good of progress to everyone. And indeed, there is more wealth in the world now than there has ever been. But under the thin veneer of progress, life is hard for the average citizen. The gap between the rich and the poor has never been larger. In the countryside, farmers are forced into tenant situations as their crops earn them less and less money. And in the cities, poor people are forced to compete with each other over the limited number of dangerous and soul-breaking factory jobs while eking out an existence in dangerously overcrowded and run-down housing units. Meanwhile, the rich and powerful have more wealth than would have been remotely imaginable a mere century ago. The Sword Coast is no longer a realm of heroes. It is a realm of rugged capitalism. Our story begins in Waterdeep, now the largest city by population in the world. The beautiful estates of the rich and powerful built upon the plateau and mountain of Mount Waterdeep are pristine, exemplifying Waterdeep's old nickname as the Jewel of the North. But the slums surrounding the plateau to the north, south, and east tell a different story. Smog hangs thick and heavy over these places, and the overcrowding and dangerous housing of the poor of the city constantly threaten to collapse into themselves. Meanwhile, the deep water bay the city is named for, which is the busiest port in the world, has gone brown with pollution as hundreds of steamships come in and out of the crowded maze of docks. The veneer of progress is particularly thin in Waterdeep. In fact, Waterdeep's new nickname, the Gilded City, is rightfully earned. On the day our adventure begins, a light snowfall drifts lazily from the sky as we descend into the city of Waterdeep. The Castle Ward comes into focus. This district is home to many large, stately buildings which serve as the government buildings and offices of the state and city of Waterdeep, and soon will be the home to the offices of the national government as well. Large banks also have their main branches, offices, and trading centers in this district. The streets are clean, well patrolled by police, and bustling with carriages and the newest innovation of inventor Thomas Evenwood, the electric trolley. Moving through these wide, clean streets, we come to the southeast corner of the ward, where the, where the castle ward meets the markets of the middle-class trades ward to the east and the slums of the dock ward to the south. Here sits a storied tavern, the Yawning Portal. This most famous tavern of the city has seen better days. The structure sags under its own weight. The paint of signage above the door is fading. Inside, the first floor of the tavern has a great many people getting drinks, just now getting off their days of work. But the upper floors of the tavern, which would once have been bustling with adventurers, are dark and empty. A small band is setting up next to a circular section of floor that is bricked over in sharp contrast to the wood flooring of the rest of the establishment. While the Yawning Portal is not the same establishment it once was, its location in the city means it sees people of nearly all walks of life coming in and out on a daily basis. One such patron sits in the corner of the room, observing the other patrons of the bar closely, trying to decide what to do with his evening. Matt, would you please describe your character? 
Oh, yes. Uh, you see a, uh, a thin figure dressed in um, exquisite clothes, um, a finely made charcoal tailcoat, a silver and navy uh, brocade vest, white collared shirt with a little silk cravat tucked against his chest. Um, his pants are slightly tighter than the current fashion. Uh, they're tan with thin navy plaid lines, and they're tucked into tall black boots lined with uh, silver buckles that go up to his calves. Um, he has wavy honey brown hair that's swept back and tucked behind slightly pointed ears, uh, bright blue eyes, and a confident smile as he just takes in everything around him. Great. Um, so Artemis, uh, you have been here for probably about half an hour at this point. Um, it, I would assume this is sort of probably your favorite haunt in the city um, while you visit lots of taverns and bars. Um, you seem to find yourself coming back to this one. Um, and as always, you find yourself looking for something to do to entertain yourself. Um, sort of what you see as you look around, like I said, there's sort of a small band tuning next to that uh, circular section of floor that is patched over differently than the rest of it. Um, they're, they're, they haven't started playing or anything. They're just sort of warming up and tuning. Uh, give me a perception check just for the hell of it. Ooh, first roll. All right. Roll with this with advantage as well for me. Good. Oh, not going to be good. Perception, perception. Uh, that is a big hearty eight. Hearty eight. The band seems like they're going to be pretty good. Um, uh, you know, to your ear, you, th you think they're good? You think they're probably pretty decent. Um, also looking around, you see sort of a couple of uh, very wealthy looking gentlemen over at the bar. Um, they've got sort of long tailcoats and top hats and very fancy sort of presentary canes. Um, and and the they're both human, and they have uh, two large matching handlebar mustaches. Um, and at, at right about this time, you also see you know the front doors open, and a bunch of um, what look to be factory workers of some sort enter the tavern as well. Because of the yawning portal's location, it sees people of many many different walks of life coming in and out on on any given day, and sometimes it's fine, and sometimes it's not, depending on who the particular patrons are on any given day. Um, you do notice that as this group comes in, nothing that you need, you even need to roll for, as this group comes in, uh, the two wealthy gentlemen at the bar, like, visibly draw back, um, and they make their way sort of across the room to, to a table sort of as far away from these uh, uh, poor, poorer folk as they can. Um, make another perception check for me. This one's just flat, no advantage. All right. Okay, 18. 18. Uh, you, do hear, you do hear one of them say, probably a little bit louder than he needs to, talking to his friend. Uh, one of them says, looks like the dregs of the city are getting out of work early. I tell you, it's people like them that have ruined fine establishments like this. Um, so that's sort of what you see going on mm -hmm. in the yawning portal uh, at this time. Um, what would Artemis like to do at this point? Um, 
I'm going to get a drink. Yeah. And then um, follow these two uh, mustache adorned gentlemen. Great. To their corner. Great. Yeah. Uh, go up to the bar. Um, because you're in here often, uh, barkeep just sort of looks up at you and says, uh, usual. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, and he pours you a drink, slides it down to you. Um, and you, uh, you make your way over to the table where the two, uh, wealthy, uh, mustachioed gentlemen are, are sitting. Fantastic. I'm gonna, like, grab a chair and just, like, swirl it around and do that thing where I'm sitting in it backwards. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of leaning in it. They sort of look over at you, like, do, do we know you? Not yet, I don't believe so. I'm from a sprite shield. Right. Um, Can we help you? Oh, well, couldn't help but overhear that you, um, well, have opinions, obviously, about uh, these sorts. And I just thought that, um, maybe I'll just see what makes your life so interesting, you know? Um, uh, depending on what you're going for, you can either roll me a persuasion or intimidation check. Oh, we will persuade. I'm a tiny little guy. I can't intimidate anything. Uh, persuasion, 17. 17. Um, pretty good. Um. Thanks. Right. Well, you know, I, I mean, look, you look, you look like you're our sort of person. So I'm sure you Thank understand, you. of course, that the look, the poor folk of this city, they should just stay in their parts of the city. They don't need to bring their filth into areas like this. I mean, look, we're we're both in the government. We're respectable people. These these folk, they're not, res- they have no concept of what respectable even is. They should stick to their own bars and taverns. They got plenty of them. Interesting. The government, you say? Yeah, that, that's right. Fantastic. Um, I just have a question. Um, since you are government officials, in your um, wise capacity as um, gentlemen, as such. Um, you, you say they should leave, go to their own place, right? Well, this doesn't exactly look like this tavern's, you know, the top quality place. Why don't you, you know, kindly fuck off? Kindly, of course. <laughs> um... <laughs> Guy, this guy's face goes like beet red, and he yeah. he stands up roughly, and he's like, "It's cause of people like them. This place is the way it is. This place used to be astounding, and it. Who do you think you are, anyway? A man who often says things that he does not mean. Many apologies. Um, I believe you to your drinks." Enjoy your time, and please just stay in this corner. I'm going to go hang out with, you know, cool people. 
Uh, roll roll another persuasion check for me to disengage from this conversation without um, something going wrong. Oh, uh, another seventeen. Another seventeen. Um, this guy's this guy's friend grabs his arm. It's like he's he's like uh uh Hewitt Hewitt, sit down. Not worth it. Not worth it. Um, Hewitt. Uh, mental note of that <laughs> uh yeah you make your way um away from the two of them um lots of other folk in, see... in, in the bar so yeah i want to find you know someone who looks like they're going to make tonight interesting whether that is they're gonna get me into trouble or they have a good drink that i recognize or particularly attractive. Sure. Um, Anything. Just looking for a friendly face. Roll another perception check for me. Uh, that is a natural 24. 24. Wow. That's the first one. First natural 20! <laughs> I also got a uh, natural one on that, uh, on that at advantage, so I got the one too. There you go. You balanced it out. Um, yeah, you're sort of looking around, looking for someone who who seems like they might they may be able to provide you a a, a particularly interesting evening in some in one way or another. Um, it, it is at about this time, I would say you do you do see someone new enter the tavern. You, you've seen a lot of the faces in here before. Some of them are, are new, but you've seen a lot of the faces in here, in here before. But the person currently walking into the tavern um, just sort of catches your attention because um, he, he's half-elven like you, and he is wearing a suit. But even from across the room with your natural 20, you can tell that the like edges of his suit are very, very frayed. So it's like he's trying to appear nice, but he doesn't have the money to keep up appearances. Um, but the most particular thing about this guy is instead of wearing a, 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 a belt, he has a bright red sash tied around his waist. My sash. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you make your way over to him, and he, he glances up, and you actually catch a, a note of recognition in his eyes when he sees you. Um, your Artemis Sprite Shield, yes? I am, I am. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, can we... Go sit in a corner somewhere. Just got a quick, quick word I gotta have with you. Oh, what the hell? Sure. Great. Uh, you lead Let's see back. if anyone like is watching me walk away with them. Um, quick glance around. Not, not really. Um, All right. You make your way back to back to the corner table that you sort of started in. Um. This guy says, uh, uh, he sort of lowers his voice and he says, right, um, look, I've not met you before, but I've got associates that 
uh, I have been informed you have interacted with before. My associate. A lot of people. Hmm. Uh, well, be that as it may, I, I think you would probably remember uh, my particular associates. Um, I, 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 I believe you, you asked for a bit of a favor from them a while back. Um, and they would like to call in a favor of their own at this point. Um, he slides a small piece of paper across from you and you find, you see written on it is an address, um, in Dock Ward. Um, at that address, you'll find a uh, butcher's shop called, and I swear I'm not making this up, Butcher's Butcher. Oh, what an awful name. Guy who owns it, family last name is Butcher. They thought it was clever. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> go and go, go to that location, enter the shop, talk to the shopkeep. Tell him you are looking for a prime displacer meat, displacer beast cut. He will inform you that he's not sure if they have any in stock, but that you are welcome to check the storeroom yourself. Tell him yes, he'll let you into the storeroom, and then you are to wait until such a time as... Some other folks show up to join you. And by other folks, you don't mean people that you know are gonna slit my throat or steal my clothes because I really like this outfit. <laughs> oh, trust me, Artemis Brightshield. We know who you are. Do you think if we wanted your throat slit, it would have not been slit before now? All right, that's fair. Um. Displacer Beast. Displacer Beast. All right. Well, I think I'll get myself a drink. You had better get going. Don't want to be the last one there. Uh, and he uh, gets up from the table and walks away. <laughs> I'm going to finish my drink. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So there might be my left. And <laughs> pay my tab. And head out the door. Great. Whistling confidently, strutting my good looks, and hiding the little bit of pee in my pants. Sure, sure. Yeah, you you put on this big show of confidently leaving the, the tavern, and we're going to cut away from Artemis. Um, we depart the southern edge of the Castle Ward and head north towards the northern edge of Castle Ward. Uh, right where the stately government buildings of this ward meet the largest states of the inherited nobility in the sea ward, we find an impressive five-story building built right on the corner of a major intersection. In huge, bright lettering on the roof of the building is a sign that reads, The Waterdeep Times. On the top floor... Uh, of this building in the corner overlooking the intersection, a row of windows on either side peer out of a large stately office. Inside the office, seated behind a large mahogany desk is a human man in his 50s. Uh, he wears a nice shirt and vest 
and an equally nice suit jacket is draped over the back of his chair. Um, he's got reddish brown hair and sort of a, a very thin mustache um, and, and round uh, spectacles on his face, which have uh, slid down to the very tip of his nose. Uh, a placard at the front of the desk reads, Editor-in-Chief Pierre Beret. Standing across from the desk, standing across the desk from Pierre is a half-elven woman. Um, Kira, would you please describe your character? Yes. Um, Octavia is a half-elf woman. Very pale skin and slick back dark hair into a very tight, very long ponytail. Um, she is also wearing a very professional looking suit, but with a skirt, um, and, um, nice pumps. Um, she's leaning onto her father's desk, having a very serious argument. Yeah. Father, we need to help these people. Octavia, look, (laughs) you know that I want you to get another big story. And put it in the paper. I want you to get another headline. You, you know I do. But you also know that our readers aren't ready for this. I know you want to push the paper in a bolder direction. I know how badly you want to write articles about stuff that matters. You've been doing a great job so far. Really, you have. But our readers, quite frankly, don't want to hear about the suffering their way of life causes. Why can't you write more articles about government corruption? That was great. And that's hard-hitting. That's that's important stuff, too. Yes, but these people need to be aware of what their lives are doing to the lives of those who are less fortunate than them. These farmers are getting displaced from their homes. I, 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 I understand what you're saying to me, Octavia. I, I do. I, look, you're right. You are right. You're always right. You know that I, I, I agree with you. But we have to think of the reader. This, look, look, you know as well as I do that the paper's a business. We have to make money. If the paper doesn't make money, then we cannot share the stories that we need to share with the people. There are important stories out there. Those stories need to be told. (laughs) I I just think we need to build up to this. We can't just suddenly drop on our readers, hey, newsflash, you're ruining people's lives just by living your life the way you're living it. Can can we not build up to that? Slowly. See what I can do. Just, just a, just a few edits, or, or, a new story. Uh, look, I, I, I'm quite frankly, I don't know how you got that headline about, about corruption in the Purity Coalition. But if you find more of that, that would be phenomenal. That would make for excellent, excellent articles. Um, I'll try to do something like that again. Uh, meanwhile, while this is going on outside the office, 
a, a human woman is rushing through sort of an open floor plan area. There's a bunch of desks set up here where various people are hurriedly finishing up articles for tomorrow's paper. Um, as you hurry between the desks heading for the chief editor's office, Zuzu, would you please describe your character? Absolutely. Um, you'll see a shorter girl. Um, she's pretty pale. She's got pretty bright red, almost frizzy hair. Like it looks like she, that she almost kind of did it up very quickly and it's in a very low bun. Um, she has green eyes and she's wearing a white buttoned up sort of collar shirt with a high long skirt. Um, she's got little work boots with her that aren't too nice, but they're presentable. Um, and she is looking very anxious and definitely very nervous. Um, as you are making your way to uh, Pierre's office, um, you're, you're almost there, but right before you can get there, the assistant editor quickly gets up from his desk and, and jumps in front of you. Uh, this is um, Maxwell Perkins. Uh, uh, he's sort of a... Uh, He's got sort of a pinched face um, uh, and and sort of, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it almost looks like somebody, when somebody was, when, when, when he was being created by the deities of this world, they gave him a face that was too small for his head. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, he says, whoa, whoa, whoa there, Penny. What are you doing? Oh. Maxwell, hi, hello, how are you today? Um, I'm great, you didn't ask, but I'm great. Um, I just really was hoping I could see uh, Mr. Beret for just a second, just a little tiny second. I just had something I wanted to run by him. And what do you need to see Beret for? You write fluff pieces. You come to this... me for those. Yep, so I do, I do that. Yes, that is correct. Previously, I have done that, but I just have this really, really good idea. And I know in the past you've said my ideas are not great, um, which love the criticism. Thank you very much for that. But I really think I have something here. Make a persuasion check for me. Oh, no. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Oh, that's a 19. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Penny, the <sighs> Mr. Bray's meeting with Octavia right now. I, I mean, can can't you? I, I don't know. Leave it on my desk, and I'll show him later. Ah, uh, yes. But the thing is that you don't usually pass the things that I give you to pass on to Mr. Beret. You don't usually pass them on. Sometimes I think you just uh, push them to the side and then he never sees them. So to be fair, you're usually pushing some free hair brain stuff around here. I Well, what what is the point of writing for a paper if we're not doing anything that's a little harebrained? Just do this one thing for me, once, for once, just let me do this. All right, fine, fine. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Octavia, as you and your father have been continuing your argument in the office uh, while this is going on, um, you hear a, a knock at the door. Uh, Pierre sort of uh, holds up his hands and says, 
Uh, uh, yes, come in. Hey, Penny, how's it going? Yeah. Hello. How are you? You're looking lovely. You Thank look you. great. You Glowing. too, dear. Thank um, you. Thank you so much. Mr. Beret, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm fine. Presswell, right? That is my name. Yes, that is. You know my name. Oh, yeah, I do. I write. I, I didn't think you would, but. I make it my business to know who my employees are. Um, what seems to be the um, issue? Issue. Okay. So I'm very sorry to interrupt both of you, but I had this really good idea for a story and I know I only ever write fluff pieces and I'm new to this and I get that and I totally appreciate all the criticism that everyone's been giving me, but I really think I have a good story and I just wanted to run it by you. Hmm. What do you have? And Octavia, who is also here. Yes, Presswell, what do you have? Okay, she's gonna bring out a little leather bound journal and she's going to put it on the desk uninvited and it's going to have all of these little scratchy lines and like connections and little bubbles and stuff and it's going to be completely not legible like no one can read it except for penny <laughs> pierre like adjusts his glasses and he's like how do you work like this so i've been doing a lot of research on magic license like licenses lately um as you may know, there has been a very strange increase in arrests related to people arrests related to people that don't have proper magical licenses and they're still practicing magic, um, which in itself isn't that weird. It is a little strange that there's been such an increase. But the other thing that I saw is I was looking into the city records and I found um, that the watchful order, I'm sure, you know, they are the people that are kind of policing. I'm well aware of the government yep, bodies, yep. yes. Okay, great. No, I'm just, you know, I was just, for, I didn't know, maybe Octavia didn't know. You're That's, doing great, she, knew. she definitely knew. She definitely knew. That was silly of me. I'm very sorry. Um, I found in the city records that they're buying all these old derelict buildings. And if you look at the construction records for it, it seems like they're being reinforced for some pretty major magic activities, which is very strange. And I was like, that's weird. But I was like, maybe that's not that weird. But then I was thinking about all the increased arrests and I was like, these things together are very weird. So I thought maybe there's a story there and I'd love it if you could let me do it, please. This is exactly the kind of story we need, Father. It is? What? Uh Octavia, roll a persuasion check uh, with advantage because Penny just laid out a bunch of stuff. Ooh, glad I had that advantage. All right, uh, that's only a, it's it's only a twelve, but it could have been a natural one. So yeah, we love to see it. <laughs> um, there are already folks in the city who don't like the watchful order as is i mean they're not overly popular with wizards outside the order because well uh, rules and regulations and whatnot you said you got your sources for this from the city records Fairly reliable, not a, not a weird 
place to get it from. Um, he quickly moves some stuff around on his desk and he pulls out today's issue of the paper and quickly flips through it um, until he gets to like near the back. There's a very, very short fluff piece that Penny wrote recently about uh, about um, like a, a, you know, a restaurant opening um, nearby. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball here. Penny, could you roll me a d20 and then add your intelligence and proficiency uh, and this is going to be um basically how good this article was oh no okay and so d20 intelligence and d20 intelligence and uh proficiency <laughs> oh um that's a 13 not Presswell, your your writing is not bad, but it's a little it's missing something. She just needs some help developing it. With all due respect, I just want to point out that I've only been here for like three years. Um, so that piece was was, you know. I it was good for what I what I got. To be honest, the restaurant owner, he wasn't giving me any good quotes. And I know also it's my job to pull those quotes out, but like he was literally, he was the worst. That's so. enough. Okay. You can work on the story if you work on it with Octavia. You, with Octavia? Yes. That's you your new story, expert? Octavia. All right. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Now, I have some stuff I need to finish up for the day, but I do believe the workday is coming to an end, so uh, you two have, an e- have a wonderful evening. I'm sure you need to spend some time getting to know one another if you're going to work on this. Sounds great. Let's go for a drink, Penny. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, you will not regret this. I certainly hope not, Presswell. I certainly hope not. I'm going to wrap my arm around Penny's shoulder and shuffle her out of the office and, and whisper, just be like, you're doing a great job. He's <laughs> just a hard ass. Um, okay. Yeah, you two sort of make your way out of the building, kind of like just making small talk as you go. Um, Penny, what are you feeling in this moment? Penny, Penny is extremely excited. Um She's always wanted to work on a big story, and she definitely looks up to Octavia. Um, so she is like literally on cloud nine right now. Nothing could go wrong for Penny right now. <laughs> how does how does Octavia feel? I'm excited that we have a story that's a little bit outside of the typical things that get printed, um, and looking forward to giving Penny a chance. See how she can grow a little bit. Um, so as you two leave the building, uh, you know, on the street outside, a couple carriages sort of go by, um, an electric trolley stops and picks up a few people. Uh, there's a, there's a bar kind of across the street from the, uh, the office that, um, a lot of the reporters, uh, uh, that, that work at the Water Deep Times frequent. Um, and so the two of you sort of make your way across the street to go get a drink. Um, when you reach the other side, 
Uh, there is a a very small, poor-looking halfling child um, who looks up at both of you. Set both of you and says, "Excuse me, are you Miss Presswell and Miss Barrett?" Yes. I've got a note. I'm supposed to deliver for you. And he holds out a note. Where'd you get this from? A a woman paid me a few talents to come deliver this. She said to wait outside the building. If I only saw one of you ask you to hold on until the other person showed up. But you're both here. She gave me descriptions of both of you, too. Awful good descriptions, by the way. Spot on. Anyway, here's your note. What does it say? Uh, You take the note. Um, It's it's closed in an envelope. Um, And the kid says, all right, bye. And he just scampers off down the street. Um, Opening, opening the note, uh, you find, um, in, in sort of a, a, a a very, like, exactly what they teach you in school letters are supposed to look like, like, just very, very precise lettering, um, written out, uh, Miss Presswell and Miss Beret. We haven't had the pleasure to meet yet, but an associate of mine has helped both of you out in the past in exchange for a favor someday. I believe that the time to call in that favor is approaching. If you do me the courtesy of meeting me at the enclosed address where you will find a shop called Butcher's Butcher, ask the owner for the prime displacer beast meat cut. When the butcher replies, that he's not sure if they have any in stock, but that you're welcome to check the storeroom yourself, agree to do so. I look forward to seeing you tonight. V. Do I know who V is? Nope. You have no idea. Um, You don't know if it's the person's actual name, if it's just short for the actual name. You're not sure. Um, you right. do find on the back of the note is an address in Doc Ward. I guess we should probably go here. That sounds extremely dangerous. I mean, at least that, it's the two of us. That's true. How'd they know we were going to be together? Yeah, I have no idea. But, you know, these sorts of people always have more information than you'd ever expect them to. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, we're definitely going. It just sounds really scary. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Do, do you have any uh, weapons or anything that you want to hold on to? Like, uh, a, I don't know, flash, flash my, my pistol and dagger strapped to my belt underneath my suit coat. Oh, that's just, that's on you. That's yeah. just right there. Oh, 
in the city. Okay. Well, yeah. When you're doing, when you're doing reporting, like I tend to <laughs> in uh, the, uh, I guess people would call them less desirable neighborhoods. Um, it's better to be safe than sorry. That is, yes, that is a good thing. Penny's going to take out a notebook and she's going to open to a blank page and she's going to write the date. She's going to say, better to be safe than sorry. Great. That's note number one. I'm learning so much already, Octavia. <laughs> All um, right. Well, um, we should get headed down there. How, how far is it? It's it's a pretty decent way away from where you are right now. Um, with that conversation, with sort of like, oh, uh, Penny, I you know, based on that conversation, I assume you don't have your weapons on you, so you may want to stop at home before going to this location. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll cut away from Octavia and Penny as they sort of make their plan. Um, and proceed uh, north out of Castle Ward. Uh, first, we pass through the stately seaboard um, before quickly leaving behind the wide avenues, fancy homes, and electric trolleys of the rich districts of the city, and move into the narrow, winding streets and alleys, snaking between the slums in the field ward. Homeless people are crowded at every street corner in this district, while even quick glances in the windows of the homes and apartments of this ward reveals a desperate level of overcrowding. The snow piling up in the streets is dirty with mud, refuse, and smog and ash coming down from the sky with the snow. Pushing down one of the wider lanes in the district uh, reveals a gated compound. The open gates lead into a yard between several large buildings. A pair of smokestacks spew smog into the sky um, from one of the buildings. A number of people move about the move about the yard, loading heavy boxes marked Blood Keith Textiles from an open bay door into delivery carts. Passing into the building, we find a huge open chamber falling back as far as the eye can see. Countless machines move thread through them while workers operate the machines to make all manner of clothing. Passing between these rows of machines, we come to a room labeled Repair Bay. Inside the room are a number of machines in various states of disrepair and assembly. A couple of mechanics poke away at these machines trying to fix them. And tucked away in the back corner of the room, surrounded by an immense pile of tangled thread, is a rock gnome woman doing her best to untangle this mess. Kelly, would you please describe your character? So, uh, you see Nick Leslie, who is a rock gnome. She's got uh, tan skin, dark black hair uh, that's pulled up into a bun that was once neat, but has, like, it's got pieces sticking out all over the place, um, grease smudges on her face and on her hands. Uh, she's wearing a once ivory blouse that's tucked into a uh, brown stained skirt, uh, grease stained skirt covered by an old tattered apron. Um, she's got a shawl that, a gray shawl that was once on her, but has been thrown off uh, behind her as she's been working um, and wearing very, very worn black leather boots that probably have seen their last season a few seasons ago. Um, but she is sitting there. She's got about a foot and a half. Well, she's like three and a half feet. So in relative relation to her size, it's a fairly long metal rod that she is using to like 
wrap the skirt, the thread um, as she untangles it to make sure that it doesn't become tangled again. Um, and she's just quietly swearing to herself as she's trying to undo knots with her tiny little fingers. Uh, yeah, Nix, you've spent basically all day untangling string and thread after one of the weaving machines went haywire. Um, and looking at the pile around you makes you feel like you're never going to finish this. Um, as you sort of look around examining the work still ahead of you, you see the head of your department coming towards you. Uh, now, you've only been working here at this particular factory for probably about a 10-day, I'd say. Um, so you haven't gotten to know your supervisor here very well, but she's a dwarf woman with curly red hair and lots of grease stains on her, you know, work apron. Uh, you think her name is Disa? Um, she's sort of coming over to you, um, and says, uh, Lefri, get your things together. Boss wants to see you. What should I? I'm not done. I'm like very much not done. Set it down for the day. And always tomorrow. Okay. Um, and I carefully like slide off the thread that I have detangled from my pole and just like set it down <laughs> and try to like if I can find like a crate or something to put over it so that nobody touches it because it's <laughs> taken me all fucking day and nobody's about to mess this up. And then I, I grab my shawl and get up. Uh, do, do you know what he, why? What? Didn't say. Um, she leads you out of the mechanical bay into the big main chamber again. Um, and then up some metal staircases and across some catwalks hanging from the ceiling. Um, and eventually uh, she leads you to an office sort of built into the wall with windows looking out over the factory floor. Um, and then th this is the office of the factory head of this particular building, uh, a dwarf man named Baldurk Bloodkeith. Um, you would probably know that he, that he is the cousin of the CEO of the company, uh, Ovina Bloodkeith. Um, you're brought into the, into the office where you find a very stately looking dwarf man wearing a nice black vest and pinstriped pants with very, very shiny black shoes and a matching black beard, which is long, but very well maintained. Um, he motions for Disa to leave. Uh, she shuts the door behind her and he just looks at you and says, you didn't tell me you had a criminal record when we hired you. Well, generally speaking, these are the sorts of things that you would divulge during an interview. Um, I, I apologize. Um, it's for good cause. Um, and I've never spent that long in prison. Um, and I'm see, Lefrey, I'm I'm gonna stop you right there for a moment. It, you say a, a, a good cause, but. You, I, I've, I've, look, I have some friends who were able to uh, provide me with the arrest reports. I, I understand that you are fighting under the uh, misconception. 
preconceived notion that uh, people of your standing should be able to vote. And, and I just simply want to point out to you that most people of your standing, they're, they're just not educated enough to make a good choice on who their leaders could be. Uh, so I, I, I just – I know – Folks in your position sometimes get the idea in their head that it would be good if everybody had the right to vote. But if everybody had the right to vote, then I, I mean, I I'm not convinced that that's true, Lefry. You're more than welcome to come to one of our rallies on Saturday. It's at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and we can go through all of the reasons why everyone should have the right to vote. Um, but I was under the impression that you needed to talk to me about something work-related. Uh, make a persuasion check for me. <laughs> Twenty. Damn. All right. <sighs> Look, I should fire you for not disclosing your criminal record, but I'm in a forgiving mood today. Keep your nose clean and out of trouble, and you can keep your job. Thank you. That was all. You can leave for the day, by the way. I... Uh, my ship ends in an hour. Am I going to get paid for that hour, or...? No. Okay. okay. On your way, Lefri. Have a good day, sir. See you Saturday. Don't hold your breath. Still have a job. Be thankful for that. Good day, sir. Good day. Uh, you exit the office, make your way sort of out of the factory. Um, after you leave the building, where, where, where do you think Mix would go? Um, honestly, probably head back home. Great. Does not have a meeting tonight. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a pretty far trek to your home. You live in the Undercliff Ward. Um, and elect the electric trolleys don't service the poor districts in the city. So, um, it it is quite a trek. Um, it takes you a little while, but you do eventually arrive at home. Uh, the Undercliff Ward has a bit of a different character from the field ward. The field ward is a lot of like tenement apartment buildings really shoved together. The field ward, uh, yeah, the, uh, the undercliff ward, unlike the field ward, has a lot more like homes for individual families. Virtually all of them are in various states of disrepair. Um, your families, it, is a is in a little bit better shape than your two neighbors um but it's still sort of worn down roof is kind of sagging paints a little chipped um that sort of thing uh as you sort of go uh go into the room um 
you see a, a sort of in in the main like meeting gathering area of the house you just sort of in the kitchen large sort of, sort of central table um your uh, uh father is sort of um sitting off to the side um just you know looking over some uh some bills it looks like um he's got sort of short cut dark hair uh tan skin um brown eyes um and uh your mother um uh Vera, uh, with dark hair uh, in a bun and light skin, much lighter skin than your father, um, is uh, uh, she's sort of chopping up um, vegetables for dinner. Um, she looks up and says, "Oh, sweetie, you're you're home early." And it is in that moment, despite that long commute that I had, that I realized that I should not have gone home first because I was not due back for another yep. hour. <laughs> and your dad puts down a bill and says, didn't get fired, did you? I did not. Not fired. Um, they uh, never asked about uh, my past and found out about it today. Uh, but I still have my job, so it's fine. It's fine. Uh, boss is an asshole, but still getting paid damn it nix you're lucky you still have a job yeah sure look look this is what i've been saying all along this is why you shouldn't have gotten involved with those radicals you're always running around with look look things aren't great we all know things aren't great we're not gonna change them I know that it upsets you, but if we had voting rights, if we could vote for people who had our interests at heart, then maybe, just maybe, I could get home. I could walk, I wouldn't have to walk five miles, that seems like five miles, to get to and from work every day. It wouldn't take me half an hour to get to work in the morning and 45 minutes to get back because of stupid things that happen all around here. Maybe, just maybe, we'd have electric trolleys. Maybe we'd have more electricity. Maybe you wouldn't have to work such long hours because there would be some kind of, I don't know, workers' rights movement or workers' rights laws. Maybe we'd get paid a certain amount for a certain number of hours, like a minimum wage. Look, Nix, I've worked very, very hard to give you and your sisters the best life that I could. Your mother and I have both worked very, very hard. I just don't want you to see it, see you throw it all away on an idealized crusade of something that's just not going to happen. But, and at this point, your mom sort of says, Pog, dear, it's fine. She still has her job. We don't need to harp on her all night about this. Feel feel free to go set your stuff down, darling. Um, Dinner will be ready in a a short while. Um, Before you can do that, you hear a knock at the door. Go answer it. Okay. 
Uh, opening the door, you see a halfling woman um, wearing an outfit that reminds you of your friends in the Equal Participation Association, um, but you do not recognize uh, this woman. Um, like, as I open the door and see her, I'm going to like, step out and close the door behind me. Nix, I'm sorry to bother you this late. Um, something important has come up. Can you come with me? just got home from work like I, I, there's no meeting today i understand but it is of the utmost importance an old cellmate of yours wants to see you great um let me just i'll be i'll be right back i gonna go inside and um excuse myself from my parents but also run up to my bedroom and grab my uh my gun great yeah you grab your stuff run downstairs um this woman leads you away off in the direction of the dock ward hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The camera pushes past, uh, uh, the, the proverbial camera pushes past the two of you um, as we move very quickly into the dock ward. Uh, Built around the harbor of the city, the biting cold wind coming off the sea pushes past the huddled poor moving about the streets. Everyone here is bundled up as best as they can, patches covering the holes in their coats and frayed scarves pulled up over their faces. Uh, The whole ward sort of slopes down towards the harbor, making it seem like everything in the ward is sort of leaning sideways a little bit. And... Honestly, a lot of the buildings actually are leaning. Um, Because it's winter, it gets dark pretty early. uh, And the light, uh, the little light of the day that was able to peek through the clouds um, and smog filling the sky is beginning to fade. But unlike the parts of the city up on the plateau, there are no electric street lamps around here. Um... Pushing through the cold, narrow streets of the ward, we come to a small, grungy tavern tucked between a pawn shop and an old boarding house. The uh, tavern is named Stevedore's Steins. The bar is much too small to be as crowded as it is this evening. 
but it's warm in here and the drinks are cheap enough for even the poorest dock worker to afford. Inside the crowded tavern, rough-looking folks sit or stand hunched over their drinks or meals. Uh, behind the bar, the tiefling barkeep hurriedly pours drinks for his customers and passes them out. At the far end of the bar sits a human woman whose clothes, while understated, are in much better shape than those around her. Eva, would you please describe your character? Of course. Um, my character's name is Janara, darling. Um, like you said, she is wearing slightly finer clothes than those around her. She's wearing a tighter top that shows that she's pretty muscular. Um, and she's wearing pants with a cape around it to hide the various daggers and darts that she always carries on her. Um, she's pretty average height. She has red hair, which is currently down. Um, and she's sitting at the bar um, having a drink. Great. Um, yeah, the, the barkeep, um, this tiefling man, he's got, you know, uh, thick calloused hands, um, curly ram's horns, uh, and it just, you know, sort of an apron that's stained with all manner of different drinks, um, from over the years. Um, this is your friend's sanctuary. Uh, after helping out a few patrons, he, he comes over to you and says, Huh, looks like we got a busy, busy evening. Oh, gosh, it's been a long day. Busy evening up ahead. How you doing, Janara? Doing all right down here? I'm doing fine. Do you need help with anything? No, no, no. Uh, don't, 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 don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it, uh, dear. Um, do you need any food, or are you happy with, with just your drink? I'm good with just this for right now. I appreciate it, though. Of course, of course. Um, as you're sort of having this very brief conversation, you hear from somewhere behind you, someone says really loudly, What'd you say to me? And there's a sound of flesh hitting flesh as a brawl breaks out behind you. Um, Janara, you know that this is a serious party foul in Sanctuary's establishment. Because it's supposed to be a place where people can come, escape their troubles for a spell, and have a good evening. Uh, Sanctuary sort of shouts out, Hey, you two, no fighting in here. Take it outside. Take it outside. Um, these two people don't, don't respond, except one of them grabs, like, a really hefty mug from a, from a nearby table and, like, smashes it over the other guy's head. Um, and they're sort of, uh, tussling back and forth. And Sanctuary sort of looks at you, Janara, uh, sort of a pleading look in his eyes. Um, and you, you know he's asking if you can do something about this. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk over to the two fighting gentlemen. Um, you two need to stop, or I'm going to make you stop. One of them looks over and you, stay out of this lady, this ain't your business. I'm going to pull out two of my daggers. Shit. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, you flip out your daggers, make an intimidation check for me with advantage. I got a nat 20 plus one. Woo! Uh, they're like, oh, shit, uh, sorry. Uh, and they, they just quickly run back out. They quickly just barge out the doors. Um, and you go back to your spot at the bar, sheathing your daggers. Um, 
uh, sanctuary uh, uh, says, uh, thanks for that, Janara. I, I know you sort of come here to, to get away from, you know, all that sort of stuff uh, going on in, in elsewhere in town. Um, sorry. You know for you, I'll do it. Not a problem. How much do I owe you for this drink? Oh, I, uh, don't, don't, don't worry, don't worry about it tonight. You, you, you stop, you stopped a fight. We'll, we'll consider that your payment for the evening. I'm going to pay him a gold piece. Or a talent. <laughs> um, yes, uh, it's like, um, I can't. <sighs> Thanks, Janara. Uh, he knows not to fight with you on this at this point. Um, as you're sort of enjoying your drink for the evening, um, a, 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 a dwarven gentleman um, approaches you, and he's dressed uh, plainly in worn dock workers' sort of overalls. Um, you see the corner of a tattered red handkerchief is sticking out of the pocket, uh, front pocket of his overalls. Well, I have to say that was quite an impressive display there, miss. Mind if I, uh, uh, chat with you real quick? Won't take but a moment. I suppose. I don't really feel like being bothered for too long, though. I understand. I'll be out of your hair in just a moment, Miss Darling. I'm going to raise my eyebrow and be like, you know who I am? That I do. I also know who your parents are. I understand your folks are out of town, um, but there's some associates of theirs that could use a hand with something. I understand that sometimes when folks come looking for your for your parents, uh, you sometimes handle it for them. Sometimes it's when good people need help. I don't just do my parents' bidding for them. I I understand. I do understand, Miss Darling. Um, let's say that you at least go and uh, hear out what my friends have to say. Why should I? Well, ain't that the question? Why should someone do anything at all? Well, I can tell you, Miss Darling, that my friends and I know who you are, and we know what you look like, and we are happy to share around these parts of town that you like to come to to get away from people recognizing you all over the place. Happy to share your description. I'm sure you'd be happy to help every random passerby with every little problem they have. Fine. Where do you want me to go? Couple streets over, butcher's shop named Butcher's Butcher. Go in, talk to the gentleman behind the counter, ask for the prime displacer beast cut. He'll let you into the storeroom. Wait there. My associates will speak to you once everybody's present. Fine. After my drink. Fair enough, Miss Darling. I would never stand in the way of someone in their drink. Um, and he leaves. Um, cutting away from Janara, sort of 
uh, uh, nursing the remainder of her drink. We're going to leave Stevedore Steins, and we head downhill through the streets of Dock Ward until we get to the harbor itself. The maze of docks here are host to dozens upon dozens of massive steamships, bringing passengers and cargo into Waterdeep. The water of the bay has turned gray and brown, with all the pollution being dumped into it nowadays. And the smell of the waterfront is none too pleasant for passers-by. Despite the fact that it's already well into the evening at this point, the docks are still a flurry of activity as dock workers hurry to finish up their work for the day. Down towards one end of the busy dock area, a large fenced-in yard is home to a maze of crates, having been freshly unloaded from one of the shipping vessels come into port recently. A sign hanging from the fence reads, Endless Flame Shipping Company. In the yard itself, about a dozen crews of four people each hurry around, moving crates to the spots they're supposed to go to, while a handful of solitary individuals move around supervising all of them and barking orders at anyone who falls behind. Off in one corner of the yard, we see one of these crews made up of a dwarven man, a human man, a halfling man, and a half-orc man, uh, just now setting down a massive crate in its proper location. Sam, would you please describe your character? My character's name is uh, Bowman. He is a pretty tall individual. He's, a, he's an older gentleman, so his hair is mostly graying with a bit of brown spots throughout, um, throughout it. He's very pale skin, um, very intimidating at first glance. Great. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you you sort of set down that crate, uh, dust off your hands. Um, the human man, uh, a scruffy-looking guy with sort of olive skin and, and shaggy brown hair, a uh, very, very wispy beard, uh, lets, uh, this is Stu, um, lets out a very deep sigh. Um, how many more we got to do on um, the dwarven man, uh, Darnick. Um, he's got sort of a ruddy complexion and a long auburn beard that he's sort of thrown over his shoulder to keep it out of the way. Uh, uh, says, ah, I think we got three left. Um, and then the halfling gentleman uh, who's bald, uh, dark skinned, uh, and he wears sort of platform attachments on his shoes to bring him up to the same height as the dwarven man. Um, uh, this is Vin. Uh, says, this is just ridiculous. We've had, we've been at this for 12 hours. You should let us go home. It's not like there's not going to still be stuff to move tomorrow. This is what I've been telling you guys about. And he, he lowers his voice a little bit as you sort of make your way over to the next crate you need to move. Look, my cousin up in Neverwinter, his, his people... At his factory up there, they unionized. They, they made a workers' association. And, and thanks to that, they were able to demand better working conditions, be- better pay, better work hours, more than two days off a 10-day. M- more than one day off a 10-day, actually. Um, uh, uh, Darnick sort of like, Vin, I, I don't know about all, all that. I, I just, I, they're, they'll just fire us if they hear about this sort of thing. That's, um, right. That's right, Vin. Just keep your head down and do your work. And don't bother anyone. Uh, 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 Stu says, I mean, I don't, I don't know, guys. What Vin's saying makes, makes a lot of sense. 
um, you're sort of having this conversation. Uh, uh, Vin has been talking about this quietly with 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 you guys for the last like ten day. Um, uh, he heard from his cousin recently about this uh, success in unionization they had at his factory. Um, and he's just he's really keen on the idea. Um, he's trying to convince all of you that it's that it's the that it's the right thing to do in this uh, in this situation. Um, you're you all are sort of moving about the yard, um, trying to finish up your work for the day. Uh, when one of the foremen, a bugbear named uh, Rig, uh, comes over to your group and says, "All right, you lot are done for the day. Boss wants a word with you." All right, let's go, guys. Um, Rig, they all sort of look at each other curiously. None of you have ever even met the current boss before. Um, the shipping yard was was bought out a, a couple years ago, and you just never met the new the new guy in charge yet. Um, Rig, sort of, the 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 bot the boss's office is sort of this suspended like metal trailer type deal over the yard that gives the the boss a, a good view of everything that's going on. Um, you're led up a set of like metal stairs to the boss's office, um, but instead of going inside, Rig leads you around a metal catwalk on the side and up a ladder to the roof of this uh, shipping container. Um, make a perception check for me. Uh, perception, uh, 21. 21. Even in the, uh, you see sort of a, 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 a small shape circling in the air. At, at first you think it's a seagull, but you're looking closer and it's got sort of a reddish hue to it. Seagulls aren't red. It seems to be getting closer and much, much larger as the shape descends until it is very apparent that this is no seagull. Um, even in the low light of the evening, its bright red scales gleam. Its huge wings seem to fill the whole sky, and its orange eyes seem to almost glow. When the creature lands on the rooftop, it is so large that only its front legs fit on top of the trailer. The whole thing shakes violently as this huge red dragon lands. Please roll a wisdom saving throw for me. Uh, that would be 17. Unfortunately, not good enough. You are frightened. Um, you, like, this is a this is terrifying. Um, you take an involuntary step back, and Riggs' uh, exceptionally long arms are outstretched to stop all of you, uh, as if he was expecting this. Uh, as as all of you sort of flinch backward from the dragon, uh, the dragon regards all of you. Hello there, loyal employees. We've not had the pleasure to meet before. I am Fear Kindler. I heard a rumor that you were talking about the 
preposterous idea of unionizing. Now, this wouldn't be correct, would it? Eh, just hearsay more. Nothing really of it. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Make a deception check for me. <laughs> Six. Hmm. Uh, he does not. He does not seem convinced. But he 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 says, uh, "I hope so for your sake. Keep in mind that, of course, because of the kindness in my heart, I saved this shipyard from bankruptcy." You should be grateful to have a job at all. Remember, unions, they make companies unsuccessful. And you should want the company to be successful. After all, the company's success is your success. It will trickle down to all of you. And believe me, there are many people who are not fortunate enough to have a job at all, and would be happy to work for me. Well, you won't hear from it again. Good. If I do, I will, of course, have to replace all four of you with others. And let me just say that Firing employees around here has a slightly different context than at other companies. Noted. You are dismissed for the day. Have a pleasant evening, and I will see you all bright and early in the morning from my spot way up in the sky. And he sort of gestures with his wings before he lifts off. Uh, the wind from his wings buffeting all of you as he shoots up into the sky. Well, he seemed nice. Boss is a forgiven man. You're lucky. Uh, and Rig uh, shows you all to the edge of the yard. Don't be late for your shift tomorrow, gentlemen. Don't want to give the boss a reason to be mad at you. Yeah. Vin, you gotta shut up about this whole unionizing shit. <sighs> Vin's like shaking. Um, uh, 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 the other, uh, Darnick and Stu are both very quiet as well. Uh, what's going through Bowman's head right now? Uh, Bowman's probably thinking, well, there's other docs probably available that need more help. I don't know if this one's really worth keep staying around. <laughs> Do I really want to bring these three with me along too? I mean, they're kind of nice. Um, the, the others, uh, 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 Stu very weakly suggests that they go get a drink to calm their nerves. Um, why, while that's going on, um, you suddenly find a, a hand sort of lands on your shoulder uh, and you look around and you see another, um, half work is standing there. His head is completely shaved and he wears a, a set of dock workers clothes like you, um, he is the overalls he's wearing under his thick jacket have uh red straps um you've never seen this man before in your life but he greets you like an old friend and says 
Bowman! Ah, great to see you again, old chap. I'm going to roll for intimidation, and I'm going to say, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, go for it. That was a uh, 23. He lets his hands off your shoulder, and he glances at, at, at your friends who have turned to stop to look, and he's like, all right, we will do this the subtle way. Name's Botark. I need a word with you, and just you. Okay, this better not take long. I'll meet you guys at the bar. Uh, you, you sure about that, Bowman? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out my, uh, my brass knuckles from my pockets that I keep on me all the time. Uh -huh. Like, it's fine. I got it. Um, after they walk away, Botark sort of lowers his voice and says, "Some uh, mutual friends of ours. Um." I see you sometimes need your memory jogged on friends, apparently. Mm. They did a favor for you when you first arrived in the city. Uh, Bowman has a look uh, like uh, he just saw a ghost kind of situation. Mm. So ten, ten years ago. Correct. Now they're showing their head. They've got a long memory. And they could do with you paying back that favor you owe them. Go to a shop called Butcher's Butcher. Here's the address. And he passes it over. That's an original name. Eh, long story. You're going to ask the guy behind the counter for some displacer beast uh, meat. Uh... He's going to let you know that he's not sure if they have any in stock, but he'll let you down in the storeroom to check. What do they want from me? They didn't tell me. They don't tell us things unless we need to know them. And I apparently don't need to know. All right. Butcher's butcher's displacer meat, right? Correct. All right. Tonight? Yes. As soon as you're able. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, Botark leaves. So, uh, as all of you individually make your way across the city, um, to Butcher's Butcher, um, I would say that Janara is most likely the first to arrive because she's the closest to the location. Um, so, um, with that, Janara, you, uh, you find this butcher shop. Um, it, it's pretty small and unremarkable, um, both from the outside and, and inside. Uh, uh, as you enter, you know, there's a simple area with a few chairs for people to wait while their meat is prepared. Uh, the counter, uh, has a glass front. Um, that you can see through to see uh, a few already prepared cuts. The glass looks uh, like it hasn't been properly wiped down and cleaned in a very, very long time. So it's sort of a foggy uh, uh, glass. Um, behind the counter, uh, you can see a door leading into several back rooms. Um, and of course, the, uh, the butcher. Um, this uh, a gentleman 
is uh, a bald uh, human man in his mid-40s. Um, he's got a very thick brown beard. Um, he's wearing sort of a very thick leather apron as well um, with, uh, uh, you know, damage and, and, and stains and, and, and that sort of thing on it. And um, he's got like little pockets in it in which you see the handles of a vast array of different cutting implements. Um, and he's got a piece of meat like on the counter in front of him and a huge cleaver in his hand and he's chopping the meat up when you uh, get into the shop and he he looks up uh, at you as you come in he says huh, what can I do for you? For God's sake. Well, Phaser beast. Phaser beast? Displacer. Displacer. Displacer beast. <laughs> I was so confident. <laughs> um, I'm here to pick up some displacer beast meat. Don't have much in stock. Not sure if we got any at all, actually. Might be some down in the storeroom. Let you check for yourself. That would be great. All right. He shows you, he leads you behind the counter uh, into sort of a back area um, where uh, the first room, as you enter the back area, you see a couple doors leading off to other areas. Um, this room just has some like boxes in it. Uh, and he opens sort of a trap door in the floor um, with a ladder leading down into a uh, dimly lit cellar. Uh, you see like a single oil lantern um, sort of attached to the wall down there. Um, and several uh, um, barrels and, and boxes in, in this area, um, as well as sort of you see like, you see a row of like hooks on the wall. A couple of them have like some spare aprons hung up on them. Um, most of them are empty though. Um, he lets you down there and says, right, wait here. Goes back up, closes the trap door. Does Janara do anything while she's waiting? Janara's going to take out one of her daggers and just play with it. Right. Fizzle it around in her hands. Um, a bit of time passes. Um, Bowman, I'd say you're probably the next one to show up. Um, same sort of deal with the uh, uh, the butcher. Um, lets you down into the cellar um, as well. Uh, and you uh, see before you uh, this this human woman that you've uh, never met before, probably. Uh, who are you? From Janara. What's your name? They call me Bowman. Do you know why you're here, Bowman? I thought it was for displacer beast meat. Oh, well, it doesn't seem like they have any of that in stock. Mm. Well. It is a little dim in here. There might be one here around. Feel free to peek. If you want, Bowman, you can make a perception or investigation check. Bowman just awkward with conversation. Sure, sure. Um, great. Uh, uh, I'd say probably next is Artemis. Um, same thing. Uh, uh, eventually let down into the storeroom in the cellar. Uh, you see um, a very, very large half-orc man that you've never met before. 
and uh, Janara Darling, who you have met before, um, at least a couple of times. All right, before anything else happens, I just want to say I'm sorry for whatever I did. Um, it didn't mean anything. No, it, um, I mean, it, hi, hi, you're very big. And your pants are very tight. It was painted on. They, no, actually, um, I, I paid to have them <clears throat> look like, <clears throat> I paid to have them look like this. Artemis, what yeah. are you here for? I am. Um, I said to come here to, you know. Well, why are you here? I don't even know. Apparently, my parents made some sort of deal. I don't even know what it is. Oh. Hmm. Lovely place you've got. Nice Artemis. And, um, Artemis. Bright. What's your last name? Yeah. Bright Shield. I do a, a, like hat bow. That name sounds familiar. Do your family own boats or anything? Uh, quite a few of them, yes. Mm. But most uh, specifically uh, wine. Ah, that's right. I, Bright stole, Shield uh, I stole a couple bottles of, be of wine off of your boat. That's what it is. Have you? Yes. Oh, I have two. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> I, I think I have one in my um, my trench coat right here. And he just pulls out a full bottle of wine. <laughs> he just has some. Arden just pulls out his flask. Also no, no. It, it... <laughs> uh, We're going to be here for a while, I think. Um, at around this time, the, the trap door opens again, and um, Penny and Octavia are let down into the basement. Um, the two of you see this uh, motley crew um, down here waiting for you. So Octavia, Octavia always has her camera on her because she's a mm -hmm. photojournalist. So she just starts taking pictures of everyone. She's, hey, how are you? What are you mm -hmm. up to? Can I take your picture? And just like snaps it without like warning. Uh, yeah, very similarly, Penny will be going up to every person with her hand and be like, Penny Petwell, how are you? Uh, Bowman's going to shove his hand in front of the camera lens. No pictures. Lynn, what's your name? Bowman. Cool. I'm Octavia. I'm a reporter. Do you know why we're here? No. Excellent. Do, do either of you know why we're here? Uh, no, I, I just, I'm, I'm here on accident. I don't, I don't take photos of me. But you're so beautiful. Don't take photos of me. All right. You can take photos of me if you want. That's oh, fine. of course. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually, uh, Nyx arrives as well. Uh, the halfling woman who escorted you here leaves you outside the butcher shop, tells you what to say, and um, no, no, um, you are are let down into the basement as well. See all these folks before you. Um, uh, who do you guys know will take your Finally, someone who knows what they're here for. 
Anybody? I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Anybody make a deal with something? Like, what are you guys, what, who, what, what uh, do you owe <laughs> for? Somebody broke me out of jail. Um, coming down, the butcher descends down into the basement again, pushes past all of you to the wall where the hooks are hanging on, hanging. Um, he goes over to one of the empty ones, turns it, and a, a hidden door uh, pops open. Um, he he peeks his head inside and says, uh, "Your guests are here." Then George stands aside and ushers you all in. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, because I'm pretty sure Bowman is. He's he's a size larger than you. Uh-huh. Yes. So yeah, I'm gonna. So you're officially hiding. Uh-huh. Make a stealth check for me. <laughs> I don't actually know who I owe a favor. Um, okay. Not a, not not your best work. You're you're a pretty stealthy person, pretty easy to hide. Not for whatever reason, you're just a little unnerved, and you can't quite get like can't can't quite hide quite as well as you normally can. Uh, you all push into this um other room, um. And you find before you another very dimly lit room, again, by a single oil lantern. This time, uh, the oil lantern is sitting on a very basic wooden table in the middle of the room. Off in one corner, uh, off in the corner, but like behind you, by the door, you see a stack of straw, of thin straw mattresses have been sort of shoved into the corner. Um, And standing next to the table is a tiefling woman that you all actually recognize. Um, For all of you except Janara, this is the woman who arranged your various favors, or at least had a part in arranging your various favors. Um, She was your your cellmate, Nyx, and was the one who arranged for your bail. Um, And because you're the only one who's admitted aloud to everybody what your favor is for. Um, I won't go into details about everybody else's favor, um, but, um, you know, Bowman, she's the one who met you when you got to the city. Um, Artemis, you met with her to sort of arrange your favor. Uh, Same thing for you, Octavia, and Penny. Uh, Janara, you have seen this woman at your home one of the few times that your parents have actually been in town. having long conversations with your parents. Do any of us know her name? Um, yes, you do know her name. Uh, uh, she's, her name is Freedom. Um, she's very tall and thin. Um, she's got very, very bright red skin and long, gently curving horns. Well, horn. Uh, her left horn is long and gently curving. Her right horn goes up about halfway and then is just flat. Uh, It's like the upper half has been cut off by something or someone. Uh, She's got um, red and green checkered pants on, um, which looks like they used to be very nice, but are now um, very, very worn and covered in patches. 
and she also wears a worn and frayed black vest um, over sort of a, a white button-down shirt, uh, top button undone. The shirt also worn, fraying at the edges, um, and, a, and a red necktie hanging sort of loosely um, around her neck. You see two pistols on holsters on either side of her belt, uh, and her dark hair uh, is very is is about shoulder length, um, and it has a very very faint greenish hue near the ends, but is otherwise very very dark. Um, as you all enter the room, she looks around at all of you, examines you for a quick moment, and then says, "Ah, welcome. Glad you all could make it, boss. They're all here. This is them." Uh, Stepping out of the shadows at the back of the room, an elven gentleman um, emerges. He uh, is slender um, with a very sort of taut musculature on his frame. Um, he's got pale skin, dark hair, um, which is sort of slicked back from his face. Uh, obviously long pointed elven ears. Um, and he's got a thin scar by his left eye which is a milky glass eye. Um, he is wearing a full tweed suit and a top hat. All frayed. All, all look very frayed and worn. The top hat has a red band wrapped around it. Um, he, he, he steps out of the darkness at the back of the room. Um, and uh, 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 looks looks over all of you and says, uh, "Ah, hello there, everyone. So nice to officially meet you all. Name's Vinny, or that's what they call me. And you all owe me some favors, except for you, of course, darling. But I appreciate you coming on your parents' behalf all the same. So, how's everyone doing this evening?" Better before we got here. Hmm. Do I get to at least know what favor you did my parents? Oh, I think that's more your parents' business than uh, they can tell you if uh, they like next time they're in town. No, uh, I'll let them worry about that. No, no, no. I don't divulge. I don't divulge information to... to to other to other folks, it's it's not uh, not considered uh, the right thing to do in this particular line of work. Well, uh, I'm glad you all can make it. Uh, Freedom here has been telling me that she thinks you all have some hidden talents that might very well be useful in some uh, work that we're uh, looking for you to do, and. As much as I would just love to take freedom on her word. And believe me, she has been extremely talented and loyal lieutenant of mine for many, many years. But I need a little, uh, little proof, little proof before I uh, just bring you in to do some big job for me. So I was thinking, boy, I could arrange a test for these people. I could make sure that these kiddos get a chance to prove their skills. And if it goes well, then, of course, they're in for the big job. 
I take oh. a couple of steps away from Bowman. <laughs> uh, he clocks it. Uh, he's very observant. He's like, no, no, nothing like fighting each other. Nothing, nothing like that. Bowman, Bowman lets go of his uh, his uh, his brass <laughs> knuckles. He had it in his pockets. No, uh, you see, I. My organization, there, there are occasions where it's uh, beneficial for us to move about the city in such a way that doesn't attract the eye of uh, various different people, be they coppers or magistrates. Or, there's just lots of people in this city that I don't necessarily need getting all up in my business or my guy's business. So... You know, we sometimes use the sewers to get around town and, you know, make sure that, uh, oh, don't give me that look. <laughs> Shit comes out of your bodies. Any. Okay, yeah, sure. And it doesn't come out of yours? Yeah, it comes out of mine, too. It comes out of everybody's <laughs> bodies. It's just, it's a natural thing. It's nothing to be weird about. Anyway. I send my guys through through the sewer to sort of deliver, you know, goods and, and services and, you know, whatever else I need them to move out of the city for without being seen. There's a particular stretch of sewer in this area that's, uh, that my guys have not been making it through. They'll go in and they don't come out the other side. I'm interested in finding out what this blockage is and clearing it. So... That's your trial. You clear the blockage for me, make sure that my people can move through the sewer safely, and then in about a 10-day or so, we'll uh, we'll go in for the big job. If you prove yourselves. And if you do the big job for me, your debts are repaid. Don't ever have to see me ever again after that if you don't want And the big job would be? Uh, you know, we're going to wait and see how this test goes before I divulge any more information that is strictly necessary. Now, what kind of guys have you been sending down to the sewers that aren't coming back? Are they like fighting types or are they all just sorts of people? So folks in my organization are usually pretty capable of handling themselves in a scrap if one should occur. But freedom here seems to think that you all might be even more capable of that sort of thing, even if you don't realize it in yourself yet. Omen's going to look over at uh, Artemis and just go, him. Yeah, everybody's me? got everybody brings special <laughs> talents to the table artemis here he may not be the guy to be on the front lines of a fight but i'm sure he's got yeah. abilities that could help out mm. all right mm-hmm. where's this blockage freedom here will show you the entrance and give you directions Quick question, Vinny. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you. That's great, Penny. By the way, um, I just was wondering: is this a mandatory thing, and is there a deadline? Because I 
do have work tomorrow. Well, I see that you uh, owe me a debt here, Miss Presswell. And we have ways of extracting our debts one way or another. Now, it would be best if we could complete this test for you tonight. So, what if I just paid you off in, uh... I understand that some of you got the, got the money, but I'm not that interested in money. I can get money basically anywhere. I, I got lots of money coming in to my organization. I don't need more money right now. I know my suit says otherwise, but trust me, I don't need more money right now. What I need is a favor done for me. I'm sorry. I just cannot get the image of a blockage in the sewer my head yeah i've been trying to ignore it (laughs) it it might be that kind of blockage but i don't think so if it was that kind of blockage you'd be seeing issues in the plumbing well besides the regular issues in the plumbing around here anyway i was gonna say have you seen the harbor it's practically yeah it's pretty gross do we do we have a quick question um do we have time to um you know change real real quick into something you know more too appropriate. I, Master, Master Artemis, I, I would, I would just kindly let you know that no matter what clothes you're wearing down in the sewer, you're not coming out smelling nice. I hear you got a proclivity of carrying around nice little soaps with you. You can clean yourself after. I do. You know about that? Yeah, Freedom told me. Who carries soaps? It's not. Well, shut up. I don't. I honestly do not want to know. Let's. <laughs> Is there anyone else in this room with us other than us and these two figures? None that you can see. Okay. Can I roll to see if I think he's a shady criminal type? Make or, an insight check. Uh, great. Oh boy, that was not fantastic. With my insight. All right, I got a seven. Uh, he's definitely shady, but you're not sure what kind of shady he is. Right. Um, yeah. So, any more questions before freedom takes you on your way? No! Great. Freedom, if you would. When you all are done for the evening, come right on back here. If the shop upstairs is closed, don't worry about it. He'll leave the door open for you. Great, I can't wait. I'm excited to hear the report of your first adventure. Mm Bye-bye! Um... Freedom uh, uh, leads you all up and out of the butcher's shop. She says, uh, sorry about that, folks. The boss does like to, uh, well, when we bring in outsiders, he likes to make a bit of an impression. Follow me this way. Um, she sort of leads you down several back alleys and eventually to a, uh, a manhole cover. Um, and she sort of lifts it up and open. 
and you see a ladder descending down into the darkness. Uh, Already, the smell wafting out of the sewer is pretty awful. When you get to the bottom, you're going to turn right. Just keep heading straight. Eventually, the other end of this particular line that the organization uses is um, you'll find a ladder labeled DS12. When you reach DS12, you will have reached the end of the line. Presumably, the blockage is somewhere between here and there. So, head down and go all the way down to the other end. And presumably, somewhere in the middle, you'll run into whatever's stopping our folks from getting through safely. Any last questions? Um, yeah, I didn't know this was the kind of favor you were going to have you were going to ask for me. I thought it was going to be like, hey, help a girl out. Like, <laughs> I, I, I understand, Nix, and, and all of you. Um, I can't say much right now, but I am hopeful that this goes well and that the boss is willing to bring you in for the main job that will earn you freedom from your debts. Um... I think you all have quite a bit of potential, but I guess we'll find out. Hmm. Okay. Well. Well, I'll go first, I guess. Wait. Uh, Bowman descends into the sewer, and one by one, you all eventually follow him. Uh, when you reach the bottom, first of all, um, the two humans who don't have dark vision. How are y'all gonna? find your way around do you have flashlights do you have lanterns what 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 do you what do you got if your inventory says torches then we're gonna say you have a flashlight probably oh i have a torch i have 10 of them so you've got you've got a flashlight and some spare batteries oh not I, 10 I do as well great so you two pop out flashlights and turn them on um as you as you get to the bottom uh looking around very, very dank sewer. Um, the manhole cover closes above you. Um, there's a walkway that is five feet wide. So you're going to have to go in pretty much single file um, along this pathway that you're supposed to be heading. And then off to your left is some extremely murky water. Um, it smells very, very gross down here. Uh You hear water dripping, uh, the stone walls around you seem moist, um, and and you see, like, a little bit of uh, uh, moss growing in a couple of places. Um, You begin making your way in the direction you were told to go. Uh, I would like a marching order. So Bowman said he was first. Who's after Bowman? I'll go after Bowman. Great. Bowman, then Janara. Who's after Janara? Octavia. Octavia will be next. Penny will be behind Octavia, and she'll be, like, holding on to the back of Octavia's Uh-huh, sure. Penny's right behind Octavia. Um, behind Penny. Do you want to bring up the rear, or should I? Oh, well, I didn't want... I don't want to go down there, so... 
It's short. I'll be in the back. I'll Great. Be in the back. So then, uh, I'm also keeping an eye on Artemis just to make sure that he does not desert. Trust <laughs> <laughs> him. Um. Great. Yeah. Uh. Uh. So then, uh, Nyx and then Artemis. So the order is Bowman, Janara, Octavia, Penny, um, Nyx, Artemis. Uh. You continue making your way down the sewer. Every once in a while, you pass a ladder. Check. Check the number on it. Not the right number. Keep going. Um, the what, numbers going in order. The numbers are going in order. They are in descending order. What, what are we at? You started at let's say thirty-five. Oh. Um, and you got to make it down to twelve. That's a long walk. Ugh. Oh, um, oh almost there. <laughs> uh, occasionally off to the left, which is where the water is off on your left. Uh, every once in a while off to your left, you see little channels branching away from sort of this main path that you're on. Um, some of those channels have their own walkways. Some of them don't. Um, you're, you're continuing on for, for a few minutes, uh, I'd say five or ten minutes, um, and you're, you're passing by, um, one of these channels, um... When let me check something real quick. Great. Um, another dragon. Another <laughs> dragon. Uh, no. Um, when uh, uh, suddenly um, you all uh, uh hear um the water uh, the water off to your left um sloshes irregularly um uh heads emerge from the murky water uh shark-like faces with a frill of fins going down the back intelligent uh humanoid eyes sort of frills off to the side of the face um uh one of uh you see three of them sort of emerge out of the water um what number did we get to you are currently at uh 20 um or that was the last one you saw you're not at a ladder right now um these figures emerge from the water and uh, uh one of them says uh you enter the domain of barracuda this is our home, and you will not intrude. Your and home is shit. We're gonna end there for the night. Uh, we will pick up next time. Um, thanks for playing, everybody. Uh, and thank you for watching, if you're still here with us at the end of the episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to episode two next week, um, and we will see you all next time. Good night, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.